Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. Uh, this week's, or this week, this episode, we will discuss section 134 uh, of the Doctrine and Covenants. So this, it, as it's recorded here, is not a revelation given to Joseph. Uh, was probably prepared by Oliver Cowdery with the help of W.W. Uh, w. Phelps as a just a declaration uh, clarifying church members' beliefs regarding the uh, regarding governments, um, just like the church puts out statements now that like clarify the church's position on things. This is what this 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 section is. Uh, but read through this, and there are some pretty cool things as you study this. Um, we believe the governments were instituted of God for the benefit of man. Now you look around, and you say, "Well, look at what this government, that government." I think the the question isn't you know what type of government; it's that governments in general were instituted of God to help us. What is a government at its, at its core root? What is a government? A government is the, is the coming together of people to pool resources for a common good. That's more or less. And now obviously like, even if you look at like, let's say that's, I'll pick something, a monarchy, right? A king. Well, what does a king do? A king, a righteous king even would tax the people, not above, not burdensome, but why are they taxing the people? Why are they working with the people? Um, it's so that they can pool the resources for the common good. And at its core, no matter what you do, and you, whatever you think about taxes or this government, type of government or that type of government or the type of government in your own country, whatever, at its core, before righteousness, before even wickedness, whatever, what is, and I guess I can't even say before righteousness because at its core, a government is instituted of God. And so it has, at its core, it's righteous. And what is at its core is the good of people. It's looking to, to pool resources to come together as a community, um, even if there are no taxes, but you're coming together and uh, as like a commune would and and putting together your resources. And so that's the core. And that's when we read, I think to me, as you study and read what the church declares here and has declared about government and the good of government, that's what that's talking about. It doesn't say this or that about types of government. Obviously, there are tyrannical governments and the, and the church obviously doesn't, I don't think, believe that those are a good thing. Um, but as outlined in section 134, there are duties and responsibilities that we owe to go- the governments in which we reside. Um, and this even outlines what we should do um, in cases that there are uh, wicked governments and things. But at the core of what we believe a good government does is it protects the free exercise of of our religious belief in this come in verses four and seven, uh, that, that is highlighted. And there's a lot of, there's a lot kind of going on in this section. As you study it, I like always prayerfully study this, um, look for the things that stand out to you that are important and powerful to you. If there are things that you wonder and question about, go to the, take those to the Lord, right? Um, one of those things might be verse 12, where it says, we do not believe it right to interfere with bond servants. Um, Elder Quintinel Cook talks about this. He says, in Missouri in 1833, our Latter-day Saint values were in direct conflict with the Missouri settlers, not of our faith. Many Missourians considered American Indians a relentless enemy and wanted them removed from the land. In addition, many of the Missouri settlers were slave owners and felt threatened by those who opposed slavery, like the church and the members did. In contrast, our doctrine respected the American Indians, and our desire was to teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. With respect to slavery, our scriptures are very clear that no man should be in bondage one to another. Our relatively few early black members worshipped together with white members. 
Other settlers felt threatened as large number of Latter-day Saint followers um, and following the, who followed the Lord's revelations moved to Missouri. This resulted in immense conflict and persecution. Some of the Missouri settlers were upset because they interpreted the editorial that had appeared in the Latter-day Saint publication the evening and morning star to advocate the migration of free blacks into the state. Oliver Cowdery witnessed the harsh persecution the Missouri Saints had suffered, and he may have written the statement that we do not believe it right to interfere with bond servants to defend the church against that accusation. His statement clarified the church did not advocate violating established law in order to, quote, preach the gospel to nor baptize those living as slaves, contrary to the will and the wish of their masters. The church was established in 1830 during an era of great racial division in the United States. At that time, many people of African descent lived in slavery and racial distinction and prejudice were not just common but customary among white Americans. Those realities, though unfamiliar and disturbing today, influenced all aspects of people's lives, including their religion. Many Christian churches of that era, for instance, were segregated along racial lines. From the beginning of the church, people of every race and ethnicity could uh, be baptized and receive be received as members, excuse me, People of every race and ethnicity could be baptized and received as members. Uh, toward the end of his life, church founder Joseph Smith openly opposed slavery. So, uh, this comes... Uh, actually, sorry. Uh, near the end there, Elder Cook's quote ended, and then it, uh, I kind of just kept going into something from Gospel Topics. Uh, you can find those at topics.lds.org. Um and so these things are important to keep in mind. The historical context of things, the historical what's going on with the saints when they're writing this, when they're trying to clarify this. Um, these things aren't written in a vacuum. Just like things in our day are not happening in a vacuum. The things that the church says on COVID-19 and vaccinations, whatever they may say, whatever they've said now, whatever they may say in the future, they happen not in a vacuum. And it's important that we are prayerful as we read those things. It's important that we take our questions to the Lord. Uh, the Lord tells us to doubt not and fear not, but he doesn't tell us not to question. In fact, he says, ask, seek, knock. But it's important who you are asking, who you are seeking from, and who you're, whose door you upon you are knocking. Because in all of those scriptures, that he references, ask, seek, knock, which is a common theme in the Doctrine and Covenants. We've talked about that this year. It's a common theme throughout all Scripture, but who? a common thread in that theme is who is he telling you to ask? He's telling you to ask him. What it, James chapter 1, verse 5, let him ask of God, right? Okay. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, where he says, ask, seek, and knock, he says, how much, you know, would it, if you as an earthly father, if your son asks for bread, would you give him a serpent? How much more would your heavenly father give you then? He's telling you to ask God. And so as we come across difficult things, last week with, with polygamy, maybe this week with some things about slavery and um, racial situations, maybe it's your current life and it's COVID-19 and vaccination, the questions need to be asked to the right sources. And when I and I will even amend what I just said and say to the right source, ask God. Thank you for listening. Um, we're coming up uh, pretty quick uh, to the end of the Doctrine and Covenants, and 
we'll get into a few things at the end of the year as well. Uh, but uh, maybe not, maybe that you don't commonly think of as the Doctrine and Covenants. But um, the year's coming to a close. Thanks for joining me this year. I really appreciate it. I hope you uh, join me as we close out the year in the coming weeks. And best of luck in your studies.